the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. We're going to Josh Rosen in UCLA, yep. and again, we're going to have Sam Farmer from the LA Times. You can follow him on Twitter at LA Times Farmer. Tremendous read, well-respected throughout the NFL. And EA, let, let's just dive in. Josh Rosen, many believe that this guy, the purest passer in quite some time, the most pro-ready, but many of the questions don't really regard on the field, minus a couple things here and there. It's mostly Josh Rosen off the field. Well, he's a true junior. He declared early for the draft, passed for more than 3,700 yards last year with 26 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He was 6-5 in, in games he started this season. Overall, throughout his career, about a 61% passer with 59 touchdowns and 26 interceptions. The interesting thing about Rosen right now, as you know, Greens, and everybody out there listening to the official Jets podcast knows, is that his former collegiate coach, Jim Mora, has made a lot of news of late because he said that Sam Darnold would be a better fit for Cleveland, more gritty, more blue-collar, whereas Moore made news of late, of course, by saying that he thinks a Sam Darnold would be a better fit in Cleveland, more blue-collar and gritty, whereas Rosen would be a better fit in New York, whether that be with the Giants or the New York Jets. The Giants, of course, picking number two overall. The Jets at number three overall. Moore also said, hey, listen, you have to intellectually challenge this guy or else he's going to get bored. If I you... took offense to that, by the way. Why? Because you, many people would call me a millennial because I'm only in my early 20s. And I, I feel like I don't get bored easily. <laughs> That's enough personal information about you. This is not the official <laughs> Jets podcast. I'm just saying, I took a little bit of offense. Doing a feature on All millennials Ethan are bored. No, he didn't say that. I think, again... That's a perfect example of a millennial right there, I think. That's what more I was trying to say is that, hey, people are taking him out of context right now. Mm -hmm. He did say that if you can challenge him and if he knows why, what is up, he said that this guy is going to set the football world on fire in Mora. did say if he got paired up with a guy like Jeremy Bates, who's – a highly competitive, uh, very intelligent um, protege of Mike Shanahan and a guy who's going to challenge you at each and every moment, he thinks that Rosen would thrive in a place like the New York Jets. I think it's funny because after hearing Rosen speak at the Combine, something stuck out to me, he said, because he's not very mobile, right? He's not, he's not running away from well, anybody. I mean, you know, but- I would say, listen, he's not as... Maybe the fastest those other guys, but we got to clarify this right now. Greens, he has tremendous yes. feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his pocket awareness is phenomenal. But like you said, he's not running away from anybody no. downfield or, no. or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But something that Josh Rosen said is, when I get to the line, I like to know exactly what's happening because I can make up for my lack of speed with my decision making and my progressions. And he's very decisive with the football, according to himself. And so I thought well, that was he, interesting when you pair it with what Morris said, because he's saying that 
he, he likes to be pushed from an, an intellectual standpoint. So I, I would have to imagine that when Josh Rosen is going up to the line, he wants to know exactly what his receivers are doing, exactly what the defense is doing, and he wants to have different options played out in his head. Because to me, from whoever you speak to or whoever interview you listen to or you read, you come away with the same thing is that Josh Rosen is tremendously smart. He can process it on another level. If you're a pro team, I think a lot of folks are going to say, listen, this guy is very cerebral. I'm not going to worry about him setting protections. I'm not going to worry about him going through his progressions. And I'm not going to worry about him diagnosing what the defense is trying to do to me. He might be on another level than the rest of this draft class Mm -hmm. in all those facets. And believe me, when I tell you is that when you watch this guy on tape and people talk about what Rosen can do, he's a really talented quarterback. I think right now we've got wrapped into where we're looking at a lot of these prospects and saying what they can't do. Josh Rosen can do a lot of big-time things on a football field. I think what you said is key not only for Rosen but for everyone. All the top prospects here is that I like to call this time of year wart season because you're putting everyone under a microscope. You're like, this guy can't do this well. This guy's hands are too small. This guy played in this kind of system, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing is that they're top prospects for a reason, and many pundits believe this is – going to be one of the quarterback classes of the ages, like similar to the Manning, Roethlisberger, Cutler, Rivers, like that kind of era. Or what what draft was that, 04? That was 2004. Now, I think it's time to bring in uh, Sam Farmer. But uh, Farmer, uh, who we'll talk to him about his mock draft, he's written about of late, you know, the quarterback class that everything always is compared to as far as in a superlative fashion, is 1983 because you had six quarterbacks go in the first round, and including Kenny O'Brien, who the Jets took in the first round, and three of those guys ended up in the Hall of Fame when you're thinking John Alway, Jim Kelly, and Dan Marino. I don't know if you ever get another class like that in my lifetime. Greens, maybe in your lifetime, but or some, some other millennial. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if they don't get bored. But like you said, this could be a draft that's quarterback-heavy in the top four picks. I mean, the four guys that many believe are the top four prospects in Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield theoretically could go one, two, three, and four in order come April 26th. But let's go check in with Sam Farmer because this is, again, the Josh Rosen episode of the official Jets podcast. So let's see what he has to say about Rosen. All right, let's bring in Sam Farmer from the Los Angeles Times. Sam, in your most recent mock draft, you have the New York Jets taking Josh Rosen out of UCLA with the number three overall selection. You wrote that he is the most polished quarterback in this draft class. Why do you think that? Well, he's a guy who consistently, when he was healthy, you know, made Sunday throws on Saturdays. He, looked, he made NFL throws. He, he wasn't surrounded by the top talent, but he fit the ball in a tiny window. I mean, he's just got a delivery as such. It reminds you of, of the best passers in the league. And that's not to say he's flawless as a prospect, but certainly uh, the best pure passer in this draft. 
Is there a certain reason why you think Rosen would be a good fit for the Jets at number three? Yeah, that's tough because you really look at the top three, four, and you could even say five quarterbacks in this draft, and you know it just depends on which team falls in love with which player. So I can't say definitively that Josh Rosen is the best player for the Jets, but from people that I talk to in the league who have uh, a more practiced eye than I do, they like that fit. This is Sam, you were at Josh Rosen's Pro Day. What did you think about his performance there? I know he was just in shorts, and a lot of teams will tell you privately to the side that they get more out of their private workouts than the Pro Day workouts. But what did you think uh, of the way he performed out there at UCLA? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I agree with you. Just, just in shorts, throwing on air. You know, I remember Mouse Davis when he worked out, Jeff George, and that famous, what they called at the time, the million-dollar workout, which is kind of laughable now, uh, considering the kind of money these guys make. One of the greatest uh, greatest workouts ever, though, was Jeff George's workout. And, um, you know, another guy who was a phenomenal thrower. So it, it didn't surprise me that that – uh, that Josh looked good throwing the football. I mean, he does that naturally. Um, it, it was a breezy day at UCLA, so he's fighting the wind a little bit. Um, he did some different things in that workout. It, it, for instance, um, there were some out routes that he purposely delayed and threw late on the and got the ball there, hmm. I think, to show that he could get the ball. So there were a lot of throws right at the sidelines. Uh, catches right at the sidelines where he just thread, just rocketed the ball to guys. So he was showing off his arm a little bit. He was very relaxed. He was uh, working with a uh, former BYU quarterback, and his name escapes me now, the second-round pick probably 20 years ago. He was running the workout for him, and he had his son with him. And Josh spent a lot of time just talking to the little kid and seemed very relaxed. And I know that scouts took note of that. In fact, I talked to some of the coaches and scouts afterwards, and they, they said he was very at ease and comfortable. His mom was just off the sideline. You know, she was watching closely, and then John, after the workout, came right over and sort of gave his mom a bear hug and lifted her up. I talked to her afterward. She had a really interesting perspective on Josh's uh, tennis career and how that um, helped prepare him for football, uh, which is sort of unusual. But she was saying, you know, the ability to forget about bad shots from shot to shot, because sometimes you can keep the rally going with a bad shot, and you can't dwell on that in the past. Uh, It's in the past that you have to put it behind you, or you won't be ready for the ball coming back over the net. She talked about his side of the court. She was a tennis player. His side of the court being like the pocket. So the way he moves around the court. And also the sort of repetitive nature of tennis and practice where you train your brain, look, i got to hit 20 baseline shots before I leave today and 20 shots of this corner and 20 shots of that corner. Sort of similar to the repetitive nature of, of uh, you know, practicing your throws as a quarterback. Uh, obviously, tennis is an individual sport. It's a non-contact sport. But I talked to Matt Hasselbeck after that workout. He was there, too. And uh, Matt was saying, you know, he used to tell his coaches, hey, 
no disrespect. I you know I appreciate you putting me through the same workout you put a linebacker or an offensive lineman through, um, but I don't have a huge need for being able to bench 350. I'd rather have you put me through a tennis player's workout because of the lateral movement and how similar that is to a quarterback. So I thought it was interesting. I was talking to um, various coaches at the owners' meetings, and particularly Bill O'Brien was talking about tennis and how he could see the, the, the connection between a tennis player and a quarterback. So I thought kind of, uh, kind of interesting. It is pretty fascinating. And, and the BYU quarterback you're talking about is uh, John Beck. Uh, who, yeah, who, right. who put Rosen through that workout. Uh, Sam, what do you think about, you mentioned him playing tennis. It's kind of funny, a little bit ironic, I think, that uh, some people have said, well, uh, taking shots at Rosen uh, because he does, he did have a tennis background before uh, playing at UCLA and starring at UCLA as a part of the football program, talking like, well, that's more of a me-centered sport, and like that's a knock at his leadership. <laughs> yeah, I almost feel like that's kind of reverse engineering it. Uh, you might see flaws in the leadership and then say, oh, okay, he played tennis. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and sort of explaining it away that way. You know, I think if we heard that Sam Darnold played tennis, you know, it might be interpreted a different way. Not here to defend tennis. I'm just, I'm just saying, it points to the, you know, one of the two big questions about Rosen: what kind of leader is he? You know, for a long time the question was, does he love football? By the way, I talked to his mom about that. His mom said, you know, that drives the family crazy because, of course, he loves it. He's been doing this most of his life now. He's sacrificed a lot for football. He's completely focused on it, uh, you know, and take that for what you will. That's his mom talking. Yeah. So uh, it, it certainly has been a question that has come up with scouts. Also, the question, does he need it? You know, some scouts have wondered, is he hungry enough? Does he want this bad enough? Take that at face value. Say he does. It, it still sort of is important to recognize that that is a big outstanding question about Josh Rosen. And Every year before the USC-UCLA game, I do a story, and I've done this for the last 15 years, where I take three scouts, three respected scouts, team scouts, anonymously, and I make sure these guys are um, very experienced and, and you know reliable scouts. It's not like they've been in the business for five years. And I have them break down the prospects on each team. And it's been really interesting to, to watch. Um, and their, their hit rate is pretty good about how these guys turn out as pros and, you know, who um, who rises and who falls. And, and they also get a ground projection on a lot of these guys. And um, the big thing going into the USC-UCLA game this year was we're going to have our binoculars trained on Josh Rosen, not so much when he's on the field because we know what he can do on the field and we know what kind of arm talent this guy has, but – how is he on the sideline? What happens when they fall behind? Where is he? Is he up chair on the defense? Is he talking to his guys on the sidelines? Or is he at the end of the bench, sulking? And they said more than most, we're really going to be watching that with Josh Rosen, which sort of points to the big question, you know, of, of attitude. And if he's entirely all in on this or if he's 
uh, got a hundred different interests, and this is one of them. I feel like he's made a concerning effort this year, Josh Rosen, to show that he is all in, and and people around him agree that he is. But it's such a tenuous position; it's so hard to predict who's going to do well and who's not going to do well, and so much of it is dependent on where they go and who they're surrounded by. It's the same old thing. It's it's an imperfect science trying to evaluate quarterbacks. Yeah, and he uh, he was very successful at UCLA, 61% passer, throwing for over 9,000 yards with 59 touchdowns and 26 interceptions. UCLA didn't really turn the corner for a number of reasons. He can't put it all on Josh Rosen, went 17-13 and 13 as a starter. It did have a shoulder injury in 2016, a pair of concussions in 2017. Um, yeah, and that's... that's- that's an issue too. I mean, obviously the, the concussion, shoulder injury. You know, how well does he protect himself? You know, he's got a tackle who's, who's probably going to be a first-round pick in Colton Miller. So it's not like he was without talent on the line. You know, when you're making that type of investment, you want to know that the guy's going to be healthy. But then again, you know, you look back and not to draw this comparison way, way prematurely. But if you look back to when. Green Bay made the transition from Favre to Rodgers. The big question of Rodgers was, can he stay on the field? And he's been one of the most uh, durable guys for a long time. And actually, I don't know if you watch uh, NFL.com's Destination Dallas, but Rodgers and Rosen had an exchange at, online. It's about two and a half minutes, and you can see that they're similar in a, from a personality standpoint. But one thing that obviously Rodgers has over Rosen is a mobility perspective. So my question to you, Sam, is I know that a lot of people like to peg Josh Rosen's lack of mobility as a concern, but when you watch him, it seems to me that he has pretty good pocket awareness, so I want to get your take on how much of a concern that is for you. He is extremely athletic and great feet, and that's one thing that scouts have said. You know, he can throw for all sorts of platforms, but um, uh, a little like Philip Rivers can throw, you know, throw from any platform basically, but he has an ability to set his feet pretty consistently, uh, which is something that is an issue with uh, Sam Darnold, I believe. That's not an issue with Josh Rosen. So he's been dinged up the last few years, uh, three times, uh, as you mentioned, two concussions in the and the shoulder. So at least it raises a red flag, but I don't know that it's. Uh, in any way disqualifying it's just something you've got to be aware of and uh, uh but there's no question and, and that sort of gets back to the tennis he's an extremely athletic guy too it's not just all arm uh we're talking to sam farmer of the la times we've been covering the national football league for more than two decades there in southern california so what do you make of jim mora rosen's former collegiate coach there at ucla coming out and saying that Sam Darnold would be a better fit for the Cleveland Browns, and Rosen is a millennial who needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. Also, he did say, I don't want to take anything out of context here, he did say that if you're able to hold Rosen's concentration level and focus only on football for a few years, he will set the world on fire. Yeah, I mean, Jim's going to speak honestly. Yep. And... He is a straight shooter, and he's working for NFL Network now and knows that he has to be a straight shooter on this stuff. And I think he just envisioned Sam Darnold as a better fit in Cleveland. When I first heard it, 
somebody, we were at the owners' meetings, and I got this message that said, Jim Mora has said that Darn will be a better fit. And so I went back and looked at the clip. And if you look at the clip, he's very, it's not as sort of inflammatory as it comes across. He uh, basically says, you know, I think Darnold will be a great fit for Cleveland, but, you know, one of the New York teams has to take Rosen. I, or, you know, Rosen's going to go, he's going to be a great player. And I talked to Jim the week before. I talked to him the day of a pro day, and he lavished praise on Rosen. There were no reservations about Rosen. Now, as I said, especially the year when Rosen was injured, didn't play because of the shoulder, there were a lot of questions out there about him. And uh, Jim's a straight shooter. He's gonna he's gonna address that. And you know, questions about is he all in? Is he you know the leader that he needs to be? He had this phenomenal freshman year, but is he a one hit wonder? I, I don't think Jim's gonna pull any punches there. I just don't think that. Jim saying that Sam Darnold would be a good fit in Cleveland was as sensational as he said it, as it came across in print. With that being said, Sam, do you think Rosen, who you do have going in your mock draft to the Jets, would be a good fit in the New York market, him growing up in Southern California, playing right there in UCLA, and then coming across the coast and potentially playing for the Jets and their offensive coordinator, Jeremy Bates, who's had success with a lot of different quarterbacks during his tenure in the National Football League. Listen, you got to succeed. You got you know, if he succeeds, he'll be a great fit for that market. <laughs> it's a little it's a little obvious to say that. But listen, you know, it's a tough place to play. He's a very smart guy. Again, going back to what his mom said, she said it's interesting cuz he's not like a huge reader, but he's a he's an intellectual. He has a sort of an impressive vocabulary for a young guy. He's very nimble and, and uh, at ease talking about any range of subjects, politics, anything. So he'll be an interesting guy to cover, but it all comes down to can he succeed there? And do they put him in a position to succeed And uh, in a very tough division? And uh, if he does, he'll be extremely popular. And he certainly has the physical skill set to succeed with any team because he's extremely gifted as a passer, and it's just fun to watch him play. I'd make the argument that if you put Rosen on film and you didn't attach his name to that piece of film and you look at all the other quarterbacks in the draft, a lot of people would potentially say this is the most gifted quarterback out there. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know what? It's extremely important now to have – a quarterback up and ready to go right away. More important now, I would say, than, than in years past. And that is, that's become the sort of formula in the league. You look at what Seattle did in 2012. Get your quarterbacks when they're young and inexpensive. And if you can get them to win like the Rams are trying to do now, then you can load up with free agency. You know, whether it's the Seahawks signing Percy Harvey or the Rams going out and signing you know, and then they go on and win the Super Bowl. Are the Rams now trying to catch lightning in a bottle? That okay, Goff's up to speed. He's capable of doing a real solid job. Now that we've got an inexpensive quarterback, a relatively inexpensive running back, and an inexpensive defensive player of the year, who can we rent for a year or two to augment this? So, I think we're going to see teams more and more try to seize the moment when you don't have to pay your quarterback that second contract. 
fascinating stuff again from Sam Farmer of the LA Times. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at LA Times Farmer. Real quick, EA, are you a tennis player? No, actually, I played a little bit of tennis way back in the day. I uh, never took any lessons, and I entered in a youth tournament. I got smoked. Really? I got smoked. I got skunked. It was like 6 0, <laughs> 6 0. And I never played after that. And then myself and our senior director of community relations, Jesse Linder, used to play at the governor's mansion, actually, here in New Jersey, because they used to have a tournament and all the funds would benefit arts programs throughout the state. It was state. a doubles tournament? Yeah, and we, we got beat bad by the Giants. So uh, I'm really, oh, I'm really, you seem up, a little salty. Re- really upset you mentioned that. But now that I'm reaching a little bit of uh, advanced stages beyond the millennials, I think I will take up tennis a little bit. I do enjoy the sport. I'm a Rafa Nadal fan. How about that? Yeah, and you like ping pong too. I know that. Oh, yeah. I've seen you play ping pong once or twice. Yeah, I know. And we, but we've never played. I know, I know. It's about that time that we should. Yeah, we can do that. All right. Well, let, let's keep things on Josh Rosen here because Josh Rosen – decorated youth tennis player in his heyday. Well, not only that, and I'm jumping in here because I think this is very relevant, is that he's always been the guy, per se. Mm -hmm. I think before he started UCLA in 2015, he was the number two overall recruit in the country. So a little bit different background than a Baker Mayfield, who was a walk-on at Texas Tech and then transferred to Oklahoma. Or He's always been high profile. Or, yes. or Josh Allen, who went to community college, then hardly got any offers before he went to Wyoming. And then Sam Darnold, even Darnold crossed town. He wasn't the guy at USC, per se. He had to show himself at a camp and a pre, uh, uh, impress uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who at the time was the head coach, and then they eventually offered him a scholarship, and then he won the job. But Rosen, from the day he stepped onto campus in Westwood, he was the man. It's also a beautiful campus, and if you've never been to Diddy Reese in Westwood, phenomenal. It's a make-your-own ice cream sandwich. It's phenomenal. That is beside the point. But something about Josh Rosen in tennis real quick is he was asked is that, you know, on the Rich Eisen show is, Rich Eisen said, Josh, many people believe that it's a red flag that you play tennis. You know, what's your response to that? And Josh Rosen said, well, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I, I think it shows that I wanted to be a part of a team. And he said, he meaning Josh Rosen said, I, want, I crave that team atmosphere, that team feeling being around 100 guys on the sidelines that you're directly impacting their lives when you throw a touchdown pass to help UCLA win. And so I thought that was pretty interesting because when you listen to this guy talk, I mean, he talks like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. He's extremely smart. Well, yeah. He, I mean, this is the son of an orthopedic spine surgeon. Yep. His mother, uh, very highly successful herself. And his uh, grandmother. Are you about to mention his grandmother? No, I was just going to say he majored in economics. He majored, he's an economics major at UCLA, and he did promise his mom that he was going to go back and get his degree. So, right. well, so remember that, kids. It's funny you mention that because, well, one more thing about Josh Rosen. I believe it's his great-grandmother founded the Wharton School of Business at UPenn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, his family, very highly successful people right and, and and just jumping off that many believe that's a red flag i don't think come from a family of means yeah i don't think that uh, you, to me that's ridiculous because i don't think josh rosen will be where he's at right now unless he wanted things and he worked at things exactly and that was exactly his point is that i've worked my tail off to this point yeah. he knows what he can have in the nfl 
and he's right there. You know, he's gone to all these camps. People are saying great things about him as a passer, and he doesn't want to be viewed as like, you know, almost the not the failure of the family, but everyone in his family is very successful. So he wants to, you know, be the next one in the family to be successful. And he said that, hey, listen, I had to convince my parents to drop out of school to pursue my dream of being an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, listen. So I, I, it's overblown, I think. That's moral of the story Th- here. This guy, and again, we go back to the football, uh, and what does the tape tell you? And this guy has a lot of skills, and his brain is one of his top skills because he can diagnose very quickly, and you have to do that on the next level. The other thing is he took a lot of snaps under center. You compare him to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is just learning to take snaps under center and then go through all your drops. But uh, Rosen, he is very familiar with that, turning your back to the defense, turning your back to the rush, and then taking that one second or two seconds and releasing the ball after you look at the coverages and see who's open. He's extremely fundamental, and if if you've never seen his highlights, I would go suggest doing that on YouTube. Type in Josh Rosen highlights. That's it. That's all you need to see, and you'll see exactly what EA and I are talking about. But that right there, the Josh Rosen episode on the official Jets podcast, Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen putting a bow on the quarterback analysis here on the official Jets podcast. Up next, the official Jets podcast takes on mock draft season. It'll be a good one. We're calling up different people from different beats, 1 through 10, no trades. Stay locked.